Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise. Join Will Tondo and Jake Zimmer every week as we dive into interviews with leaders in the craft beer, business news, and sports entertainment world. This podcast wouldn't be here without Spotify. Get to know Spotify for podcasters, the free all-in-one podcast platform for every creator. This tool allows you to publish shows to all major platforms and helps turn your passions into careers. To find out more, head over to podcasters.spotify.com. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code BBB for all wager incentives. That's code BBB only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hope is here. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org if you have any issues. Play it smart from the start with GameSense. Now, here's our episode of Beers, Business, and Balls. Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls. That felt good to say. We haven't said that in a while. Presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com, use the code HOUSE, you get free shipping and 20% off your order. And by DraftKings Sportsbook, use the code BBB, you get yourself some bonus bets. Massachusetts betters, go to Mass, or correction, DraftKings Sportsbook, use the code BBB. Uh, hello, everybody. We haven't had like a full episode because everybody's been gone or traveling the world or doing random shit. You just got back from Italy. Uh Welcome back to the States, even though I've seen you multiple times uh, virtually after that. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to give you the full overview, but welcome back. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I the podcast has been something we've done for, I don't know, almost four years. Have years. Yeah, and not, not having the recordings every week was definitely throwing off my internal calendar with stuff. And yeah, I mean... We're just at the point where even with the guests being busy and stuff, it's like, you know, hey, can you record Monday? Yes. And then it's like Thursday night and then it finally gets done and we're shot by the end of the week. But we have a nice a nice schedule of December stuff coming up and a lot to talk about, which probably won't be this episode because it's the Thanksgiving post game. But we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program. Excited to be here, excited to chat, and looking forward to talking with our favorite, one of our favorite returning guests, uh, Coach Pat Scary. Yeah, I, I mean, I figured what lighter way to take us into the Thanksgiving break than Pat Scary, right? Uh, what a what a guy, the head coach of Towson University. They're off to the races, a, a, a lowly two and four to start the year, but they loaded up the non-conference schedule. You may recall we did Coach in the Car with Pat Scary. That was something he manifested for us. And like to this day, I still don't know if I were a basketball coach and two random dudes who had me on their podcast just said, get in my car. <laughs> I I don't know why he trusted us, but we are thankful that he did. Like, because I would not have done that. Yeah, that was. Uh... We put him in the middle, too. But we had to put him in the middle. I, I mean, know. there was no other way. Just made but... it, it, it just made it funny, but. Yeah, no, I I still can't believe it. He did that, and I was I was looking back at that video after we uh, chatted with him for this episode, and I, I was just laughing. I was like, that was the most like jury rigged. What kind of questions? Like, is this guy ever going to talk to us again? And friend of the I program, I was pretty terrified. Like, I yeah. was wondering if we were going to get like the cops called on us by one of the team members because they were looking outside like they're ready to get on the bus to bryant and, and this guy's just, like, just chilling with us yeah we're like yeah just come in the car we won't be 10 minutes more like we could have easily drove off like oh my god somewhere we could have kidnapped him for the game and then brought him back safely safely nope. we mean no harm coach if you're listening early we mean no harm to you we love you <laughs> always great always great this was a fun conversation, super casual. Uh, you know, we talked about scaryisms and, and all this stuff. Uh, Towson's playing Brian again, December 16th, UPS Arena in Elmont, New York. Uh, I can't make it. You've you've got arrangements to go. <laughs> so let's do this thing. Um, it's, the, it's the self-proclaimed Will Tondo Bowl because I, I might make it. I might make a trophy, honestly. 
for whoever wins this. You should ask the Bryant staff to like just do a one-man show for it. It's, I mean, between our alma mater, Coach Scary, and then being at UBS home of the Islanders. I mean, that's a incredible trio that I was not missing it no matter what. It's <laughs> a good point. What are you going to do? Just like hand film Martelli a trophy? <laughs> well, maybe it's scary. Maybe it's maybe scary. It's scary. <laughs> it could be scary. Yeah. It's it, If you asked me this question two weeks ago, I probably would have leaned towards Towson. If you're asking me this question after the Bryant Bulldogs just won back-to-back games against tournament teams, I'll lean, I'll lean Bryant. Back-to-back? Oh, yeah, and, Howard. Yeah, that's right. Howard. Damn. And maybe it'll be Xavier by the time this comes out. Maybe it'll be three. That would, that would be sick. If, <laughs> if Brian takes down Xavier in a Big East team. That'd be cool. I mean. Maybe that's what they needed. Maybe this whole shakeup, former uh, past BBB guest, Jerry Grasso on the oust. Maybe that's what they needed conversation for a different day i'm kind of glad I'm, i mean i'm kind of glad i'm not because we that could have been an episode in itself for hours and hours talking about the whole grasso situation um i'm kind of glad we brushed over it because i i really didn't know how that conversation would have came about one because of our ties with the school two because of this situation ever so evolving and then three trying to, I guess, turn the page and look at this new chapter because we really don't know what has happened. I'm kind of glad it, it got brushed under. I agree. And future guest, Phil Martelli, will be on the show. I couldn't be more happy for Phil Martelli Jr. He's a, he's a quintessential guy. He's an X's and O's guy, but he's a he's a people guy, which I really like. Uh, so I, I could not be more stoked for him. Uh, that's enough, Bryant. Basketball talk. Let's go rate some beers. Uh would you like to go slash? Are you going to give us an international beer? I will do an international beer, um, which I wish I, I was saying this on my trip on the way back. I, I really would love to go to place breweries internationally during my travels and do sit down conversations, but that's just so much planning and more equipment and, and losing time out of the day doing other things because we actually had interaction with this brewery after I posted a photo. So it was, um, the brewery was Barifico Fiorentino, um, and they're located in Tuscany. And they had a IPA, which I was kind of surprised about, to be completely honest. I wasn't, wasn't necessarily looking for craft beer in Florence. And while I was in Italy, I mean, it's, it's wine country to say the least, but I saw this at a rooftop bar and I was like, okay, got to try something local. There was also another brewery I wanted to try, but they had like weird hours. They were open from like seven to midnight on the opposite side of town. Just didn't work out in the cards. Hopefully the next time. But Barifico Fiorentino had an IPA that when I look on untapped, I cannot read full Italian. But it was definitely a, wasn't hazy, wasn't New England, but it was very floral, very... Um, it, it was full of taste. I couldn't tell you what the hops were, but I gave it a 3.75 out of five. It's literally just called IPA 6% ABV, um, has over a thousand check-ins on untapped might've had a little bias because I was on top of a rooftop deck that overlooked the Duomo, uh, great food alongside of it. But I thought it was a solid beer, very crushable beer. So people forget the IPA did not originate in in New England. Like everybody thinks. No, no, no. But I mean, like when you think of European beers, you think of more of the light pilsners. Oh yeah, the lagers, the ales. Even the on Italians, that, all they drink is pilsners. Basically, they drink their Stellas, they drink their uh, Peronis or whatever. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was surprised to use... see flat out IPA. Yeah, I looked it up. They used uh, New Zealand hops, actually. That's very interesting. Not too shabby. Um, yeah, the, the can is really, or the bottle is really cool, too. It's like this sort of gooseneck kind of deal. I, I um, did like how it was in a bottle. Simple. Simple, but I like it. Um, yeah, where's the stack up for, like, 
uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. What do you compare this to stateside? It, it, it reminded me of a Lagunitas. Yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah. Very solid. Like, I mean, Lagunitas is one of my favorite beers that if I do see that and like Lagunitas, I always explain, which it's just old, reliable. It's just a beer that tastes well, no matter what the occasion is. And if you go to a place that might have some generic craft beers on tap, you know, that's always a go-to. Or if you go to a place that nothing's really striking at the menu, that can pair with anything. Yeah. So I, I would I would compare it to that. That same aftertaste too. Lagunitas is a, a classic American sort of like trial craft beer. Um, some good stuff. Birifico Fiorentina. Fiorentino, either one. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I want to shout one out that is a little closer. You can probably get your hands on it at some places. Uh, Kinsman Brewing Company. I, I can't remember if I've rated a beer from there at all, but um, in Southington area, Connecticut, was out there for uh, shout out Slice Gaming House Community. Uh, he got married a few weeks ago. We had our, our little pre-wedding event at Kinsman, and they are really good at sours. You're the resident sours guy. I'm not. Um, but last time I went, I know my sister who does not drink beer loved their key lime pie flavored sour. So tried it out. It's called tasty slice. This is a, a key lime pie sour brewed with lactose and conditioned on pureed limes and graham cracker. And when I tell you that this was the best sour I've had, probably not an exaggeration. Um, it honestly kind of tasted like you were drinking a, like a key lime flavored ice cream almost. Like if you could package up key lime pie, which I really don't eat too much. Like I'll have it if it's presented to me, but I don't go down out of my way for it. That's what you tasted. And it was so, so good. Uh, so this gets a four to five out of five for me. I think that actually is the highest sour rating that I have ever produced. Um, I had like two or three of these too. 5% nice and easy to drink. Really good stuff. They also had a, a Swedish fish flavored sour that I do have to give an honorable mention to crushable candy same kind of deal uh swedish fish inspired fruited sour loaded in sweet cherry and conditioned on just flavoring from swedish fish and it tasted like that sticky flavor you get it was so good so i think kinsman right now has my heart for sours i have not had sours better than that one i know you've had a lot more so you probably got to try that and see where it stacks up but i was very impressed with kinsman brewing go check them out i'm surprised there aren't more and i'm i might not be as fully in tuned as I thought, but more places doing the sour or the uh, candy inspired sours. I feel like that's a missed market. So missed. Yeah. And maybe it's just like, they're not Rhode Island does what they do. Well, Massachusetts sort of does the same thing. You don't really, I mean, yes, you're seeing creativity and stuff, but you don't really get that far creative. Like creativity people is like, what style of IPA can we make? Can we do Belgian mm -hmm. beers? Can we do all this random casking shit? We don't see a lot of the candy stuff like you see out Connecticut, New York, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of candy stuff, I mean, now it's finally, I can officially say it's finally the season for some good stouts and porters. Yeah. It's we're, so, we're in the corner. It's nice and cold. Nice and cold. I, I haven't been in the mood for it yet, but now that it's actually that you can't walk outside in shorts type of weather. Yeah. It's, it's time. We're, we're approaching stout season, so we'll have to go rank some stouts in the near future here. Um, so that's our beer segment. We'll go to our interview with Pat Scary right now. Um, quick chat with him. We get you ready for Thanksgiving. We get you ready for the holiday season, and you get to hear what Towson basketball is up to, and then we'll come back to close it out. Here's Pat Scary. All right, everybody. With us this week, right before the holidays, we're joined by one of our favorite coaches in all of college basketball, the man that we had a comfortable car experience almost a year ago today. Um, and hopefully we'll get to do that again, but it's coach scary over at Towson and we are so excited to have you back on. We were just joking off the phone. You were the guy that made the hardest schedule in all of college basketball heading into the season, but we love it. We love the competition. We love the play, but coach, how's everything going and uh, happy early Thanksgiving. Same, same to you guys. It's good to see you guys. I was thinking about the, uh, 
the car last time. I wish the way we played, I wish you guys had buckled me in, put some concrete bricks on the gas pedal and just push, <laughs> push that. Uh, what's that Friday night lights or fire, fire water down in Providence. We should have sent me right into that thing. Yeah, you know, was, uh, hey, it was a competitive game, and I think at least you had Timberlake lighten it up against Brian at that point. Like, that was unbelievable. I think he still had probably like 20, 25 points against us. He had a lot of good moments. I'm not sure that was – I'm not sure that was a, a good moment for, for, for any of us. But we have played a hard schedule, um, which is – which, you know, ultimately will be, will be good for us. I always say these – and we did last year too, these non-conference um, – experiences are kind of like fact-finding missions so you know we're still trying to you know figure out some things as we get ready for the conference and that's a good segue here i mean you loaded up this not conference schedule as will said right it's you're looking at colorado and houston who are both ranked uh wake forest who's got a really good squad with a really good coach too um I mean, yeah, the schedule's hard but that's there you did that for a reason and that's to get everybody ramped up so How's that been for your guys uh, to, to play that top tier competition? And how's that been for you? Yeah, I think ultimately it'll be, it'll be good for them. I, you know, I was a little disappointed. So we, we played uh, – North Texas is good now. They won the NIT and, and uh, very well coached. Uh, and they were they – were, I was disappointed. They were readier than us. Um, so, yeah, I think it will be good for us. Like I said, we're trying to get ready to go down to Wilmington, Charleston. Ultimately, I mean, I, you know – the goal is to win, um, but I'm not a big believer in scheduling um, non-ones. We have one this year. It's the first time in, I think, four or five years. I'm just not a big believer in, in doing that. And I like, I mean, the Charleston Classic, to me, I play in something like that every year. Uh, national TV opportunities against Power 6 opponents. You know, it's, it's what, you, what you aspire to. Now, that might not be for everyone. I don't I don't judge on that. We just – we're doing what we think is going to help get our guys ready for the CAA. And, you know, we talked to coaches last year, including yourself, who said, you know, scheduling was just such a cluster. It was so hard to maneuver and all that. Did you find that happened this year, or was it, you know, still an ability to, you know, get the games that you were looking for? I mean – you obviously found some some talented teams to play against, but was it as hard as last year? Do you find that? Yeah, it's been hard for us. You know what I mean? Like, quite honestly, what we'd love to do is play a lot of Atlantic 10 schools in a home-and-home. Home. Um, we scrimmage LaSalle because that's what they'll do. Uh, St. Joe's, you know, St. Joe's wasn't interested in playing us up in Long Island. They're in the, you know, that's why you get, you get, you know, neither was Rhode Island, you know. Um, so you got to play a team – that's actually as good, just not as good a league. Um, you know, playing South Dakota State, we had to do it last year, right? We went, we had three games late. We took a series with UMass, which he's the only one in that league that would play us. I mean, we got other teams right down the road, an hour away in DC, that don't want to do that. And um, and then uh, you know, we get stuck playing at Bryant, who was a you know terrific team, and uh, we played a neutral game against Northern Iowa. Uh, so yeah, but historically we've had success in our league and I think those opportunities help you. I, I, I prefer not to fly across the country to play some of those games. But like I said, everyone has different philosophies and needs and schedule. We don't buy games. Um, so you go get bought at Colorado. They were better than I had hoped for, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a reason why they're 18th in the country, but you know, you hope the game speed of that when you get into those real, tough conference games you guys have some tangible experiences to fall back on and i don't want to get you in trouble here right it's the last thing we wanted to but like you know i wonder i don't, why I don't the... mind <laughs> well i love it I, I i wonder why that's the case right is it just a scenario of those those folks like those programs want to get bought right they want to raise their money they want to make and that's sort of what they're prioritizing or is it that they don't want to lose, right? Like, I guess, what, what do you, why do you think they're less inclined to the A-10 or something like that to come down your way? Yeah, I guess everyone's different. We've had teams in the past. You know, I guess if you have the opportunity to buy more games and you get more home games, so, you know, I, I, I guess if I had those opportunities, I'd probably do it um, as well. I also think a lot of it is the net. You know, um, you get more reward for 
winning by 20 points against a sub 300 team than beating someone that's 150, 175. So, you know, the, uh, sometimes it's, it's scheduling's hard, right? The uh, game is rigged a little bit, right? We saw that with the NIT, the way they've, uh, the NCAAs, uh, allowed themselves to, con- to control that. So it, it, it's hard. Like I said, I don't judge. Uh, we just got to try to put a team on the floor that, is ready for conference play. And talking about your team as a whole, I mean, we were, we were mentioning Nick Timberlake about with uh, against Bryant last year. He unfortunately transferred to Kansas, but is that sort of a testament to your program that you're building that, you know, if you, you're creating something here at Towson that is not only, you know, uh, a further step into power five programs, but also just the competitive nature that you have with your squad. Oh, I hope so. We've, we've, We've had good players that have worked hard and um, gotten better, and, and and Nick certainly was is the kind of the poster child for that. And um, I, I want to support our guys whether they want to go pro, if they have an opportunity um, where they think it's it's better for them, you know. And and then you know I want to root like heck for those guys. Um, I, I feel like the guys that play for you, you know. And I've been asked that a lot on him. I, I remind everyone he was here for five years. He graduated the year before. After four years, he was a good student. Um, he, he was a great player. Um, and, and, and he took an opportunity, whether I was to win a national title, and or some NIL versus professional. Good choice. When, that guy put himself in, in a great position to make, um, you know, a, a good choice. So for, for us as a staff, like, we, we want to see him have an unbelievable year and, and, and cut down the nets and have a long professional career. And this is sort of a new look team for you now, right? You've got some core returners, but you, you hit the portal pretty hard. You hit the recruiting trail pretty hard. Um, I think two guys stand out to me. I look at Christian May, who you know didn't get a, a ton of burn last year, but I, I mean, he, he looks really good now, right? Three point uh, percentage was really good last year in the time he did have. And then uh, Chase Parr, now that he's totally healthy, um, how do you envision those guys uh, fitting in this year and how have they grown from where they were at the end of last season when you guys were playing Charleston in the championship to to where they are now? Well, yeah, Christian's a, a key guy for us. So we really believe in him and, and, you know, need him to take that next step. Like we've had some other guys, Martin and Marcel and Beatran. It's, it's got to be – he's got to play at, you know, pretty close or an all-conference level. He's going to get those kind of minutes and shots so um he's capable of he's done some good things the first couple games he's capable of being more consistent he did play a lot in conference last year a little over 20 minutes and he he shot a high percentage from three i i I believe he'll settle in and chase i'm proud of he's gotten in shape he's healthy he missed the last 25 games he certainly um can help us uh you know he's a he's a high iq guy coming off the bench but I'm, i'm proud that he's gotten into great shape and just a guy that's been had, that's had a lot of injuries. And even now he's playing through a, a tear in his meniscus. So we appreciate that he's kind of taken on that strain for the good of the group. You also have a guy like Charles Thompson, who was named um, All-CA first team. You know, how how far can he go this year? And, and what are you hoping to get out of him? Yeah, I, I think, honestly, though, you've touched on two of the three things like we feel like. One, Charlie's got to stay healthy and, and play like a first-team all-league player um, on both ends of the floor. Statistically or analytically, the last two years, he's been our most valuable guy. So he's going to need to do that. Um, and, and he's got to do it at a higher level, and he's, he's done it through six games. I think he's aware of that. He plays hard. He's a great leader, uh, an, an unbelievable teammate. He's got to perform at an elite level, one. May's got to take that next step. And then for us, our quarterbacking play has to be top four or five in the conference between uh, Hicks and and Williamson. Um, and that remains to be seen. Hicks has missed the last two games. He got a concussion three minutes into the Wake Forest game. So that, you know, that was that's unfortunate. He's a tough kid. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he's elite defensively. So that put a little more pressure on Williamson, who's a redshirt freshman, who's really gifted with the ball. Um and, you know, he's he's like a lot of young guys figuring out. He had a great game at Colorado. He had 16 points. Uh, he didn't shoot it well the other day. He was three for 10. But now it becomes when that doesn't go well, he's got to guard at the level that we need him to. He's got to have that 
leadership, the ability to unify guys when, when it's when it's not going well. You know, I, one of the phrases we'll use with our team a lot is the that old saying, you know, boats don't sink because they're on the water. Boats sink because the water gets in. So I'm still trying to help develop and find the guys that when the water gets in the boat that we can empty the thing so we can kind of keep moving, keep moving forward. What was the, what was the analogy last year? You had a, an incredible analogy. I don't know if Will remembers, but we got to add that to the list now too. That was incredible. It's like uh scaryisms. It's uh yeah. My staff that's been here a while and bright players would say we have a, we have a few of those, you know, I, I do like our group. I like them a lot. They work really hard. Um, and, and, and they're connected. I, I think it's like anything, We've got a little bit more uh, Ted Lasso type of guys, um, which is is really good in some other areas. I, I'm I'm looking for a little bit like our uh, one of our assistants, John Oslander, told me uh, Mike Tomlin told his guys they he needs a little bit more whoa versus Sikkim, you know. So I, I I'm trying to find that 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 balance. I I, I like Sikkim guys. It's one of the things I used to tell people I loved about Holden and Timberlake. They were Sikkim guys. Sometimes we wanted to sick each other in timeouts. I didn't always love that, so it's a, it's a fine, it's a fine line. I, that's a really good point. I feel like you had a lot of sickum guys last year, and I, I mean, I'm looking at the results because I, I, I knew you guys ended up at the three seed, and you were playing on championship weekend of the CAA, and yeah, I want to talk about that too. Um, you guys gave Charleston a really good run at the end of the game there. Um, and I think it was you and a lot of other coaches in the CAA were pretty vocal about, you know, hey, they should not be a 12 seed in the tournament. And then there, you look at their draw on where San Diego State ended up uh, in, you know, the national championship game. They hung with them all game. And you have to think the Charleston sort of got the, the crap end of the stick here. So what – I mean, what in your eyes made them so good last year? And what about your team allowed you to play with them and keep it really close that whole time? Well, I think, you know, Patty O'Connell did a good job scouting on our staff and, and prepping us for them. And, you know, we, 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 we try to pride ourselves on defending, rebounding. So, you know, there's a piece of me that wish I had. We, we lost three, whatever, one or two possession games to them. I would have liked to have a couple of those back. People forget we, we played without our quarterback, uh, the whole season Jason Gibson. So after he got hurt after three games, I would have liked to have had him. I, I think with Charleston, one was their incredible depth and their their physicality. And, and they clearly have an identity. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to play fast. They're going to go to the glass. Um, and then, you know, they had an incredible good fortune in that they played 10 guys, double figure minutes, and only one guy missed one game the whole year. That's a that's a big piece of, of this, um, but uh, I thought they absolutely didn't get the proper seed. I mean, makes you wonder why wouldn't have people wanted them to play? You know, if Arkansas was a four seed and um, have San Diego State play, I'm, I don't know, it was Pitt who was like a you know what I mean? Like, well, it makes you wonder when they 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 do those things. There's there's a lot of things in. Um, college sports, college basketball, uh, from a leadership perspective that to me are our decision-making perspective that question whether the those decisions match the mission statement that's put out of that organization. Right, right. And, you know, with this team that you have as well, I mean, you brought in some transfers like Messiah Jones from Wofford. Um, you also stole a guy from Bryant. Uh, Tumawa Suleiman, uh, thanks for that, I guess. But, you know, adding, adding, you know, guys like that to the program, what are the strengths that you have in this squad now? And what are things that you hope to improve on as the season gets along? Yeah, one, I think ultimately ball security is going to define us. Um, and we were able to score Houston by a handful of points in the second half because we took care of the ball. We were able to be tied with Wake Forest with three minutes to go because we took care of the ball. And we've lost a couple of games because we haven't taken care of the ball. We also scrimmaged James Madison and LaSalle early, both good teams, and both were close games, and we didn't take care of the ball. You know, won one, lost one. So we have to take care of the ball. That'll define us. Um, to me, Warren Messiah need to help us, and they can as four men that can rebound it, that can score around the rim, 
and then have to also take care of the ball, which we haven't done from that, that position. Yeah. Um, I, I guess as you move forward right into the stretch of, of the next couple of weeks, you know, you've got a still a pretty loaded up schedule. I mean, UMass is coming in, uh, you know, South Dakota state who's always got a, you know, uh, that, that region has a pretty decent program all the time. Um, you know, what, what are you looking for? Is it, is it holding onto the ball and, and, taking care of it. That's going to be sort of the charter here or what, what do you want to see out of this team as a whole in, in the next couple of weeks before you get into conference play? Yeah. I mean, globally it's, it's, it's ball security, right? We've got, you know, starting with one home game against Morgan state. And then you get into you know, South Dakota state's pick to win their league and UMass is a final four coach. And then Brian and, and congrats to coach Martelli on getting that job. We know Brian's good enough to win their league. They've got two guys that are, in my opinion, first team all, CAA performance. So for us, can we take care of the ball better? And the next piece will be, we have a, a physical group um, with, with good size. We've got to finish better. You know, are we getting the right type of shots within eight feet of the basket? We're getting the right amount of them, but are we finishing them? And we got to make free throws better. I mean, we, we lose by 16 to Houston. We missed 15 foul shots. I'm not expecting to miss all 15, but you make eight or nine of those, we're probably still getting beat, but it's a little bit different feel coming down the last five minutes. How did your neutral site game with Bryant come about, too? For those that don't know that are listening, this is in uh, it's going to be at UBS Arena, Brand spanking new and uh, on Long Island. Uh, how did this come about? Yeah, look, and I think both Bryant and us are in the same boat, right? We, we were in the middle. They're supposed to return the game to us. We both have a hard time finding games. Uh, that's why we ended up taking the game late. Last year, we went from Chicago to Smithfield, Rhode Island. Um, not, not an easy trip that time of year. <laughs> and um, But, you know, we also uh, both, uh, you know, you're looking for these are the kind of games you get. We've played these type of games at Bryant, Liberties, Vermont, Penn, Greensboro, South Dakota State. Because of what I touched on earlier, there's some other teams within a couple hour direction, south and north, that don't don't want to play and i think what happens is you end up playing teams that are actually better than teams that are in a, a bigger conference that's that's the reality but the average probably fan doesn't doesn't know that so brian and i were looking it's right up the road for both of us it's a, it'll be a good day of basketball it's a hard hard game um but certainly like i said uh to me, trying to get ready for the top of our league, that that, that team will be a good measuring stick for where we're at. I'm, I'm will you be getting it. the guys? Uh, will you be getting the guys any bagels after the game, or before the game, for that matter? Yeah, I think we're gonna get you know, uh, you know, maybe everything, a couple everything bagels, Asagio cheese, <laughs> you know, um, chocolate chip. That would be Ooh. good, you know. I'll, I'll hand deliver them because I, I'm I'm stamping this as my unofficial game of the year because Brian alumni, Coach Scary and Towson are one of my favorite programs that have been on the podcast, and I'm an Islanders fan, and it's right around the corner from my house. So this is a win-win. That's a great, great place, right? I'm excited to play in that building. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, obviously, we get up there. We always see some of the NHL teams and – the G League teams when, when we're up there playing Hofstra, but it'll be exciting to play in that building. And it's always those neutral opportunities. Are, uh, you know, those are good experiences for our guys. That's going to be a fun one. It's going to be good. Um, as we wrap up, I mean, one of the most philanthropic people in, across the sport, we got to talk about, you know, what you have cooking and, and, you know, some of the endeavors that you have that you want to highlight um, heading into the holiday season. Yeah, you know, we should have a day. We, we just had a big conference call yesterday with Autism Speak. So uh, by the first week of December, we're going to pump out and we'll need you guys' help on what when um, Autism Awareness Weekend will be in college basketball. And um, we're, we're kind of waiting on the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, too. So we're trying to kind of combine and, and, and do some things with that. And, um, you know, I've been proud. Our guys do a good job, as does our athletic department, making sure that our um, we historically are as a department of men's vessel, top 10 in community service hours. So we get a good group of guys to, to represent that. And that, that's important, right? You know, um, it's a, uh, you know, there's as much as we're complaining about taking care of the ball or finishing where we get to do this. And these guys are on scholarship and it's as hard as sometimes we make it seem to be as coaches. It's 
we're pretty lucky that we're all get to be involved with this great game. Um, the, you know, I, I think last year you had said, um, you know, that you would love if there was a tournament basically that a couple of college basketball coaches get involved and things like that. That's still the goal that, you know, you, you get a charitable sort of MTE and you get the Bryants of the world and you get sort of those smaller schools involved or, you know, are you, uh, well, that'll be what, interesting now with the NIT, there? right? The postseason deal here with really, uh, it's really going to potentially affect some teams at our level is um, hopefully ADs and conference offices and, and even presidents will say, hey, we got to, you know, whether it's the Gazelle Groups tournament, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to, we're going to commit to those. You know, I don't, you know, um, when uh, schools like Bryant and Towson make the, playoffs in, in football it's it's a great it's a big accomplishment but you know you pay to play in those not everyone knows that right they, they pay to play in those NCA games the NCAA doesn't co- doesn't cover anything so it's not like we're playing if Bryant makes the football players that they're playing Alabama in the first round right in a 116 game so why not take the Bryants of the world or the Vermonts or the Drexels and, and why wouldn't we want to, for those teams that have 20 plus 20 win seasons, why wouldn't we want to have a tournament that we do it in, we do it in football. Why wouldn't we want to do it in basketball? I think that's a question. I've pretty much said how I feel. That's more of a question for people that have the, the ability to make that happen. You know, it comes down to finances, right? But basketball, men's basketball is for most of us, the only potential revenue producing sport on our campus. So, if you don't, I don't know many businesses, if you don't invest in them, that you can expect a return. I could be wrong. I obviously welcome the opportunity to be educated on that. I just think that that's, that's always something that's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, you know, from the fan perspective, I don't think a lot of people think of it on that business side. But it's so important, especially in your position where it's like, you know, we are – we're not just an athletic department, we're an entertainment business. So how do you make it entertaining, but also make it a profitable business stand standpoint as well? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's fact. I mean, I, I think people that are in decision-making positions, they understand that they're smart people, whether or not they want to um, communicate that to everyone is sometimes a different, a different deal. And we all know what we sign up for, men's value. you got to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, we don't have, but you don't get that by going six and five and going to a bowl game, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different deal. Um, but, you know, I always say like, just like we tell our players, your, your actions going to meet your goals. Um, I think a lot of programs in, in basketball need to ask themselves those same questions and, and, you know, are, are they, are they doing that? Well, we're looking forward to seeing all the great things you guys do this year. Uh, what are you looking forward to most, Coach? And, uh, you know, just starting full steam ahead this year. Uh, what's what's on your mind? Well, you know, I, I hope we're in a – I mean, I'll, long-term hope we're in a position like we've been, one that we're, we, we can get healthy and get all our available bodies so that – you know, I always say, hey, look, we want to have a, you know, great year and you want to be in a war and uh, – four minutes to go and, you know, hope for some good fortune. I, I believe our group is capable of getting in that position. Um, right now it's like, we got nine guys. So now it's like, Hey, everyone's got to take on some strain right now and play a little better and understand different roles a little bit better um, against some good opponents. And then hopefully that stabilizes as, as we get some, as we get some guys uh, back, you know, um, I'd like to be up in Long Island and December 16th or 17th, whatever day it is, and, and and win and have a nice turkey with maybe a little Munster cheese and lettuce, <laughs> tomato, and that would be great, you know. It does sound delicious. Yeah. I'm going to eat now. Wow. I was very hungry. <laughs> it, it is lunchtime. 
But no, Coach, that's not lunchtime. It's only 1030. <laughs> second breakfast, right? Um, <laughs> but Coach Gary, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. We're looking forward to seeing you at the games and uh, obviously rooting for you, except that Bryant game will remain neutral. But hope you have Thank a happy Thanksgiving and always thank you for the time. I appreciate you guys being honest about that. I would have thought differently if you weren't rooting for the that great Bulldog program. Um, and yeah, you guys have a great thing. So keep up the tremendous work. And that was just recurring guest, head coach of Towson men's basketball team, Pat Scary, friend of the program. We always appreciate having him on. We're definitely going to need to do another coach in the car. Um, can't wait to see him in Long Island in a few weeks, but Coach Pat Scary, ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure. And before we head into business and a quick little ball segment, that interview was brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings. It's the season. We just had Thanksgiving, but there's so much to be thankful for. Friends, family, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping our Thanksgiving week full with new customers betting $5 on NFL action. You can score over $150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. Um, a lot of good games this week. I mean, we just had the most viewed football matchup this past Monday night. Uh, Thanksgiving games are obviously always exciting, and you know the outcomes were great for those. But a whole slate of football this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, college football, NFL, you name it. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code BBB. New customers can bet $5 on NFL Thanksgiving actions to score $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code BBB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available from problem gambling Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 older in most eligible states. See DraftKings slash Sportsbook for details, state-specific responsible gambling, eligibility, and deposit restrictions require. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. All right. We're going to go into our sort of closing couple minutes of the show. Um, I want to do something fun. We need to bring back fun in BBB. So we are going to, if you've got one, that's great. If you've got two, even better. But I don't really know what to call the segment, but we are going to talk about, now this is before Thanksgiving, we're recording this. You're listening to this after Thanksgiving. So what are, I ask you, the top one or two cliches or current events or like phrases you will hear a cousin or uncle say it could be business it could be sports it could be cursing the universe if you've got one go for it if not i can kick us off i mean the cliche is obviously politics that <laughs> uh you know gas prices are high or everything that on the the thanksgiving table was expensive and the cliche is your generation needs to fix this yeah. or your generation voted for this or some kind of left first right debacle because not every family is one side or the other. So, and then you've the got an uncle that'll, you know, sort of be, maybe he'll have a couple uh, of Birifico Fiorentinos and sort of point at you and say, yeah, this is your problem. You, you've, you've ruined this. Yes. But Yeah. So politics is definitely one that I don't know why it always comes up and why it's a conversation of pastime when there's so many different things to talk about, but that is always the, the first and foremost, I would say. It sure is. That's fun. Um, what comes to me that's new this year, brand new this year, I guarantee it'll come up around every table. And I hate it. The Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift saga. It's the, you know, you've got sort of that uncle or cousin that is maybe on the fringe. Maybe they're playing in the conspiracy era and they're going to come to you about three months late and say, do you think this is fake? Do you think that Taylor Swift is, uh, is not really dating him and they're, uh, you know, they're just doing this for ratings or whatever. 
And then inevitably the aunt will say, yeah, they just couldn't, they couldn't get this her off the screen for three quarters. It's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. I would be yeah. shocked. That does not come up. I don't want to have the tinfoil hat on because I originally thought it was a stunt. Then I was like, okay, they actually are together. I'm leaning more towards stunt again. I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you really want to get deep, I saw a meme somewhere that was just like, oh, um, if Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift ever get married and have kids, it's going to create a new boom of like a new baby boom. Because all of these women who are like, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift's having a baby. Like I must have a baby and follow that whole lifestyle influencer model that it literally creates a new generation of children because it's like this demographic I can confidently say has hit 100% of the market because you have oh yeah Travis Kelsey who is football pop culture now in media with this podcast and an advertising savant now I mean he's in literally every freaking if you haven't seen Travis Kelsey's face you are literally disconnected living under a rock oh, i know we say like are you living under a rock but like you actually probably you actually have, have to be to. disconnected i wrote i wrote a blog the other day that he's putting up shaquille o'neal type numbers in advertising i mean i would say he might break a record he's which that's where it's like throws me off that they're like oh he's only making anywhere between five and ten million dollars and i'm like that is horseshit because no he is everywhere and everywhere i mean and and like big names i mean which then again goes to the tinfoil hat conspiracy. He's on Pfizer and he's on Bud Light. He's on brands that need some help he's right now. He's probably making 10 million bucks from Pfizer alone. Yeah, he's in a lot of brands that need some help. So, and then the, the whole aspect of like, they're getting shoved down our throats. Like the NFL, this guy breathes and they bring up tweets from 2010 and whatever Taylor's eating and all of this stuff. Um, and then of course her demographic of, young kids to moms to pretty much the whole female side they are creating this massive entity that i don't know if it's real or not anymore i'm gonna say one more because i know this is another big thing with like the generational gaps is you're gonna get people that bitch about not being able to watch football on cable this black friday game super interesting story separately by the way of like you know uh how they're going about Black Friday. This is the first, yeah, I think since 1961 that they've uh, had. Um, but you are going to get people that bitch about the paywalls on ESPN Plus and how they can't watch their team on Thursday night football and all this crap. That's going to come up at my table. I, I know it. That's a fair one. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I kind of agree. <laughs> Not to say I have cable anymore, yeah. but it, it is so hard to watch games now. Yeah. Just across the board. But like at the same time, like not really. No, but like, okay, like I for example, I, I have, I have it all. I have all the subscriptions. I have all the stuff. You don't have cable, right? My home does. My, my yeah, parents yeah, yeah. do. So like it never really is a problem. But I know for a fact, like their TV doesn't have all the apps if I, if they didn't have cable. Yeah. Like I had to buy them a fire stick to then have all this stuff, even though they have uh samsung smart tv that's what two years old three years old yeah but it doesn't have hbo because that changed and amazon prime is now more apparent and netflix is kind of useless because every time you watch netflix on a different device it's like are you sure you're in this network yeah yeah i don't know like i i think in general but it's all it's all that password sharing stuff too. Like I got dung. I was on my parents' Spectrum for a bit, and then Spectrum just was like, "No, screw it. If you're not signed in the main thing, you're not getting in." Right? Which I think is what the Xfinities and Comcast of the worlds are doing at Directv and all this stuff. They're just cracking down on that stuff and trying to get people to sign up for like, you know, these other services. So it's crazy shit. Crazy shit. Um, Hopefully Thanksgiving is, is peaceful for everybody, though, and that these arguments don't turn into heated arguments here. Hmm. Um, do you have anything to say for balls before we wrap up? Balls, balls, balls. Um, I'm in a little bit of a wild predicament with Tommy DeVito because good for him and love the New Jersey hype and the Soprano stuff and that all connection. But 
are we winning or are we not? I was starting to get myself hyped over Drake May and the schedule that the Giants have. I mean, they'll probably beat the Patriots. Oh, if they, they keep should. playing well, they'll beat the Packers, and that just puts you away. You know, I'm not one for tanking, but I'm also one for to know, like, stay in your lane and understand what your objective is. Being 7-10 and 10 at the end of the year does not help anybody. Yeah, that's a waste of a season. I'd rather I'd rather be winless or win two games than be seven and ten, and you're missing the playoffs no matter what. I can't even begin to describe how I feel about the Patriots. It's just it, it was it was sort of that, but now I know it's not. They're not going to get any better, which is good, because um, Mac Jones blows. So it's that simple. Him and uh, Zach Wilson both demoted to third string. Yeah, screw that. Yeah, I, I don't even want Zappy. I want Malik Cunningham out there. My, but again, you're in the same situation where it's like, what's the point? Exactly. Now you got Connecticut's own Tim Boyle going to start next week for the Jets. I really like that. Um, no, it really sucks. Uh, both went really downhill. Daniel Jones, kind of a different situation. Um, and I think the Pats now have learned what they've learned, and they're, they're not going to pay Mac anything. He doesn't deserve it. So goodbye, Mac Jones. Good luck. Hope you've signed somewhere and make a name for yourself. Who knows where he ends up? I have no idea. Down the stretch of fantasy as well. It's going to be interesting. Um, I, I am now the league L. leader. I, tough, uh, I took a tough L last week. Um, we'll see what happens. I have turned the season around to win six or seven straight. Hmm. Can't complain. Intriguing. Can't complain. What am I? Yes, yeah, seven in a row after starting one and three. Amazing. That's uh, well, yeah. Well, somebody needs to take a dethrone you. I'm in third, second, second, tied for third. Second. I gotta get up there. Third, Gilly's Gilly jumped you. Big Gilly, man, crazy shit. All right, that'll be our episode this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more sports as a little teaser. Uh, finishing out the year. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll see you next time. So long. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Remember to hit the follow button on Spotify and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter and Instagram and check out house-enterprise.com for all of our content. There's also no better way to end this podcast than a note from our partners over at Manscaped. What guy or girl wouldn't want the right tools for the job? Head over to manscaped.com house or use the code house at checkout for 20% off and free shipping on your orders. See you next time. And remember, the house always wins.